Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Yeah, love that crazy music. Guys, so long since I've seen you. Um, We are now doing our AO Men's Preview. 2023 Australian Open starts in about 48 hours from now. And we just did the women. Uh, So let's talk about the men. And once again, joined by Brett Connors, Cale Hammond from Cale Hammond, Alex Greskin of Cracked Rackets, tennis.com. Welcome, guys. Uh, let's get right into it. Brett, you you enjoyed the end of last year when a couple guys uh, popped into the top ten. In one case, joined the top ten for the first time, but another guy got in a real hot run. We're talking about Felix. We're talking about Holger Rune. What do you think, then? Yeah, um, the last time we were all together, it was the middle of Felix had made his three in a row uh, wins and Runa beats Djokovic in the final of Paris. Um, and then all of a sudden, no tennis. So those guys kind of hated the end of last year. They, they would have kept playing as long as you would have let them. And, and Runa kind of never stopped. He played a lot of the silly season and a lot of the exhibition uh, circuit. So just excited to see if they're able to keep it going. It doesn't seem like they have early in the year. We don't have a lot of matches to go off of. Uh, Runa's got a brutal draw uh, every match. I think he's got almost uh, a, a tough one. Um, and then uh, one other thing I just wanted to look at from the beginning of this year would be Corda. I think Corda uh, has, has looked really good. I think he might surpass Fritz if he can stay healthy, maybe as the number one American by the end of the year. Uh, wow. Having the match point against Joker in Adelaide uh, was really cool. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, yeah, I- I agree with you about Corda. Yeah. Anytime he's anytime Corda, you know for a fact he is completely healthy. Unbelievable player. It's when the injuries start popping up is when you worry about. But right now, completely healthy, full off season. Corda looks phenomenal. He looked like a top tenner in Adelaide, and it's interesting. There are actually fourteen American men in the first round of the Australian Open. I think the over under for wins is like eight and a half. Like obviously, guys like Corda, Tiafo, Fritz are all seeded, but. Tommy Paul, Jensen Brooksby. I know Nakashima plays Mackie McDonald, so an American's guaranteed to win there. There's a world where, I don't know, a quarter of the second week is American. I don't think that's a a crazy prospect. The winner of that Nakashima-McDonald match. It's Djokovic, uh, right? No, we'll play uh, the winner of Rafael Nadal against Don Draper. I'm sorry, Jack Draper. It's a um, tough match for Rafa. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second because I, I I know we all have a lot of thoughts on, on that one. And it's a great first-round matchup. Um, but, Zach, what, what do you see going into uh, the start of the first major? This is a major where now we don't have the world's number one player, Carlos Alcaraz. Carlos Calvin Klein Alcaraz is not at the party in Melbourne. Um, 
which is tough because I mean it was that he was the story of last year, and now, you know, we don't get to see him at another major after he won his first one in New York. But one guy who is there and hasn't been there in a couple of years is Novak Djokovic, nine-time champion. Yeah, I mean, it is a bummer with Alcaraz. Not only is he he's the story of the sport, but he's like maybe the single most exciting player to watch in any sport, in my opinion. And then, yeah, with Djokovic, I think that my storyline's really kind of hoping that we get that quarterfinal between Djokovic and Kyrgios, which is really, in my opinion, the final of the tournament. I think that, you know, it would be a real bummer if we do not end up getting that. Kale, five sets, five set matches. Yep. So Australian Open, hot, fast conditions, aggressive tennis, physical points. Um, look, these best of five set matches from a live betting angle, there is a lot of money to be made in recognizing potential, you know, energy conservation sets is what I like to call them. So three out of five that I only do it four times a year. They've been in the off season out these players have played many five set matches, you know, in the off season. So I'm looking at, you know, older veteran guys who, you know, will win two tough sets and then maybe get down a break a third. And if you see someone like a Richard Gasquet or Roberto Batista Agut, you see, you know, the South American grinders, Coria, Guido Pea, Thomas Echeverry, you know, physical long point guys like Constant Lestien, the French guy who's not bad. If you see them win, you know, maybe one tough set or get up, especially when they get up two sets to none, get off to a bad start in the third set, maybe even the fourth set, feeling it physically. So many times you see these six sets, two six sets. In this course, the conditions, they should be close sets, but these players, I'm telling you, they conserve their energy in the best of five set match. And it is a phenomenal angle to look there with the sports book open, you know, watching the ESPN plus, you know, 11 different matches going on, pull up the live scores, see who just won a close set and watch the start of that set very closely. Because I'm telling you, there's no incentive for someone up two sets to none to fight down from an O2 deficit when, you know, they can just win the fourth set, you know, and save their energy. Right. Great strategy. And there's always a ton. There's always a ton of, of uh, pullouts too in Australia. You kind of like, you quickly see, who trained in the off season and who went to the Maldives for the extra like week or so, you know? So he's right. There's going to be a lot of the, the whole strategy of how you, you, you know, keep your body on the men's side a lot more than, than the women, obviously with the extra set. But um, yeah, I think uh, look for, look for a lot more retirements early and you see who's ready to rock three out of five. All right, guys, let's jump into some of our bets. Uh, I love that point. Thank you very much, uh, Kale, uh, for bringing that up. Um, I want to get right to the, the top seed, Rafael Nadal against Jack Draper. It's a, it's a very fascinating first-round matchup. The, the, the fascinating thing that I saw, I didn't even realize this until I started doing my research for this, Rafael Nadal is plus 1,400 to win the tournament. 22-time major champion is plus 1,400. He's the top seed. And, yeah, I mean, he does have a great draw, but he's seen him do this a few times. Plus 1,400, I – I think that's worth, as my friend Brett Conner said, definitely worth a fiver. But what are your guys' thoughts? Alex, let's start with you. What's your thoughts on that first-round match in Dahl versus Draper? 
Well, that's a great litmus test right away, because typically we've seen Rafa, particularly of late, work his way into majors. You think about the five-setter against Felix at Roland Garros. That's like the most prominent one where you could tell that's where he kind of flipped the switch, plays ridiculous against Djokovic, crushes Rude in the final. He doesn't have that luxury with this first round. Draper, who reached semifinals this past week in Adelaide and you know, is one of nine guys in the top 50 who ranked top 25 in both hold and break percentage last season. Rafa, shockingly, wasn't one of those guys. His serve fell off hard at the end of the year. And look, it's lefty versus lefty, too. The typical patterns that make Rafa so successful, they're not openly available to him. I think Draper's backhand is what sneaky makes him so successful. I've never seen him miss a backhand, and I've watched a lot of Drake, Jack Draper film over the years. Look, I wouldn't bet this match. To me, this is a stay away. Maybe you live bet it if you see it definitively, but like Zico, I don't like either side of this. Yeah, I mean, I took a chance on it. I'm going. I'm going to Nadal in that match. I, we can get to it later when we show the board, but I like Nadal minus three and a half games there. Um, yeah, I just think that Nadal. You know, he has an 85 percent win percentage against lefties. Draper's one in five against them. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, I know it's not you know much. He's a small sample size with Draper, especially. But I also like. I worry about Draper's like short turnaround after Adelaide. I think his best chance of winning this match, as you said, is kind of storming out like a, like an early lead. I think he might need some time to get into it as well. And, and I'll add, fading the Brits in the summer of Australia is never necessarily the worst thing to do. It's fair, right? Gotcha. So Zach, we've got your well, bets over here. Let's 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 keep going down. I see. Uh, uh, you have Nadal minus three and a half games against Draper. You like Dominic team to keep it close or possibly even pull the upset against Rublev. What do you got there? Yeah, I, I like team to keep it close. I also like team as a sprinkle on the money line. You know, I think it's, it's obviously it's a bad draw for both of them, but I just think Rublev has shown some really, you know, declining play, at, like especially at the end of the season, he usually kind of does his best work in the, you know, early in the year and in the middle of the year. Uh, he seems to break down at the end of the year. There wasn't much of a break. And I think we saw that, you know, at the end of December, early January. Nice. Uh, let's get into your futures uh, a little later. But, Greskin, let's jump right over to you now. Yibbing Wu. Guy made a, 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 some, some big strides last year. Uh, and he's one of your best bets. Why don't you break it down? Yeah, he's still not eliminated from the greatest of all time discussion. I mean, the sample size isn't big enough for him to be firmly put one way or the other. You look for Wu, who not only the jury's plays, still out. He could, jury's he still could out. Three majors. It's it's possible he could sweep this year. We don't know. It's not happening. Um, but you look for Ibing Wu, who, despite all the American success, goes on, reaches third round U.S. Open, good wins over Basilashvili, Borges to get there. Then he plays one more challenger, makes the final in Seoul. Lost three sets to Popperin in Adelaide qualifying to start the year, but Popperin had a really good start in Adelaide. And, you know, you look for Wu in this match of playing the lefty quarantine Mute. What does Mute do to hurt him? I don't know what that answer is consistently. Two and a half games in a best of five set match is a straight set victory. And I think Yibing Wu wins this match in straight sets. Mute is yet to play a match in 2023. Will he be ready for the Australian Sun? I don't know if the answer to that is yes. I know the 23-year-old Yibing Wu, who is finally healthy, will be ready to capitalize on that health. That's my best bet of the day. I'll go of the first round even. I'll take Yibing Wu minus two and a half. 
to piggyback on that, first of all, we saw Ebing Wu beat Mute in U.S. Open qualifying when he was not completely healthy, and he still got the job done while he was hurt. And we talked, you know, on second serve a couple months ago, we talked to Jimmy Arias, who's there at IMG every day. And I was like, look, who are some ones to watch out for? Maybe play some bets on. And I asked about Yibing Wu. And he goes, look, I, he, the guy's a top 50 player right now. That's his 50 top 40 right this second. So I think that you've got a lot of things pointing in the direction of Yibing Wu being a pretty good play. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Kale, while your internet is strong, why don't you talk about your, uh, a couple of your bets here? Uh, yeah. You, you like the American to, to have a, a short match against Basilishvili, it looks like? Yeah, I mean, do you guys not? Like, come on. <laughs> Better first-round opponent for, you know, the locked-in, Taylor Fritz against Basilashvili, who is on one of those stretches where you just blindly fade the guy. It you blindly fade him, and it's profitable. And I will keep fading him until he, you know, until he pops another semi to 500 or pops another Indian Wells final, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. But Fritz, the biggest thing, I mean, the guy's just playing phenomenal tennis. His shot and rally tolerance, while it used to be, you know, meh, so so, it's almost like the guy took a magic pill. And now his shot tolerance and rally tolerance is up there with some of the best in the world, you know, including the Novak Djokovic. I mean, that this guy is staying in points, staying disciplined. I don't know what happened to the guy, but he is locked in and laser focused in his matches. I got this first at under 29 and a half. I do like that half game, but, uh, you know, a 4-4 and 3 is a push. And I think there's going to be some 6-1 or 6-2 sets in this one. I don't see the incentive Basilashvili has once he sees how well Fritz is playing. To really go out there and fight, I think he's picking up his first round check and getting out of Australia. That match right. is in the sun. It's under twenty. I mean, twenty nine is a pretty low number. I mean, already he's taking pretty low. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's bet. taking the first three sets so he, can, he has energy for the walk back to the yeah. <laughs> plus one thousand in the first round for him. That's nuts. he's got to save his energy to go cook dinner. Uh, <laughs> you know that story. All right. Um, oh. Down to the bottom of this list, another American. You got Ben Shelton Jang over 39 and a half games. Yeah, this one, this one, Zizen I'm not saying that name right, but he hits a huge ball. He has a huge serve. Ben Shelton is just a lefty rocket. So, look, I think that this is going to be a close match. I think four sets will get you uh, over, over 39 and a half games with how these players serve and hit the ball. Nice. It'll be fun seeing Ben Sheldon. Um, Brett, let's jump over to you because you've got yourself a a money line parlay. We talked a little bit about Nadal, and you agree with Kale uh, on Musetti. So that's a pretty nice-looking parlay right there. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not buying all the the hype that Nadal's done. Uh, I feel better. I feel okay losing on Nadal, knowing he's the returning champion. He's the number one seed. Uh, you know, he's a lefty playing a lefty has a great record. All those things that line up, you feel like Nadal is, is going to bring it. 
And then Musetti, we've talked about before being a roller coaster and a, and a nightmare sometimes to bet on. But the reason I like it is Lloyd Harris has to play still. Like, isn't, isn't he playing tonight? Like he's, <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd Harris play. is playing the finals of the Nunbury Thailand Challenger tonight. I looked up how far the flight was from Thailand to Melbourne. It is around 10 hours. <laughs> right. So he has a match to play. He has to reset, travel 10 hours, check in. And does he play Monday? I mean, he might even play Monday. For, he plays, sure. Yeah, he plays opening day. <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Yeah. So that, that's why I kind of threw those two together, uh, together get close to even. Uh, Isner, ugh, I don't really like betting Isner, but he's never lost to Manorino. The only win Manorino's had was a retirement. Uh, Isner hasn't played this year, so it's a little scary to, to, to put any money on him when you haven't seen him, especially having to lay. But that might be one you can also wait, see how he comes out. Is he making his first serve those first couple games and, uh, and try and get a little better line on the live? And uh, I'm with uh, with Grusk and, and Zach. I like Joker to win. I mean, win the title if you can get close to even money or just lay a little bit of money. His road doesn't look too tough, and I feel like he's going to be super, super motivated after last year. Two things. One, I would rather look at Zach Cohen's room sans Zach Cohen right now than watch a single minute of Isner and Reno. Like, you're just asking to lose that mat, bet by putting it on your board. That is pain. And as someone who has to watch a lot of tennis for a living, BC, that's tough. I'm not watching it. I didn't say I was going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going right, to bet just, it and, and check it on the app. Then that's fair. In it. The second thing is – you know, over New Year's, one of my, my oldest cousin had a, his wedding New Year's night, which was fun for me. I guess for others, that's a faux pas. But we were going through the odds because I'm a magnet for talking tennis for anyone in my family because they're like, you do tennis, right? And I'm like, I do. I guess that's sure. Um, and we were going through the odds in Chicago where it's legal. And he looks at the odds and he's like, Australian Open, anything I should look at? And I said, what's Djokovic right now? And he goes, Djokovic is plus 150. And I said, if you don't jump on that right now, yeah. like your son, your grandson, and your third generation great grandson will all suffer because you didn't make that bet. Like Djokovic <laughs> plus odds in Australia, where he's won nine times consecutively. And yeah. even now at minus 110, like, okay, you're laying 10 cents of juice for every dollar. Like, that's fine. Novak's the prohibitive favorite. Did you see him in Adelaide? Have you seen him at this event? Like, Minus one ten, in my opinion, and I see you nodding your head, Brett Connors. It feels like a bargain. Yeah, definitely feels like a bargain. I mean, I feel like you make a big, big bet on that because you have to lay a little yeah. bit, and then like with with Iga, you're going to get chances because he's yes. always going to be a super duper favorite, especially if you look at his draw. Like the people he's pulled in the in the later rounds are guys he has good uh, good head to head against, and so you're going to get a good number. Side bet would be he's over minus 250 by the end of the second round. Like, side bet with any of you. Who, like, there's no doubt. Side bet on the odds changing. Yeah, I'm just his odds changing. Man. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, next people. Gambling. Yeah, I mean, not people like is Rafael Nadal's record at the French Open considered, you know, arguably the greatest statistic in the history of sports. And Djokovic is really, really close numbers-wise <laughs> yeah. at the Australian Open to what Rafa Nadal does at the French Open. Like you said, you could start a college fund, you know, for your kids with the Djokovic AO Futures. I'm wearing the Oklahoma shirt right now. My, my favorite quote my dad says is that he's had family in Oklahoma since the 1800s and no one made a cent in oil. So, so don't be like my dad's family. <laughs> don't, be, don't be like my dad's family. Take Joker to win the Australian Open. 
This guy, it's where he won his first Grand Slam. He feels the magic aura there. And just, I mean, when you look at the numbers, really analyze them, he is very close to Nadal at French Open territory. And he's one behind Nadal in the overall count. Like, you know who, he's one behind Nadal. He wasn't allowed in the country last year. It's a revenge tour. Like, he might not drop a set. I wish I could bet that, because I bet the odds you get are like 10 to 1 if not better, that he doesn't drop a set throughout this tournament. And we'll create the Tennis Bet Sportsbook if enough people want action on that. Like, it, that might be my favorite future out there, hypothetically. That, speaking of the Tennis Bet Sportsbook, I, um, I was chatting with a guy on Twitter the other day who said um, – he was talking about Zverev at 20 to 1 plus 2,000. Oh, goodness gracious. And I said, <laughs> if you want to lay 100, I'll lay 2,000 right now. The, uh, are you talking to the MMA fighter? <laughs> but no, I mean, that's nothing against Alex. I mean, I think he's a great player, but, uh, you know, seven matches. Come on. That's why. Oh, and you mentioned it. Medvedev six to one. He's second favorite, according to at least yeah, the sports book I look at. Uh, I saw Nadal was 11 to one. It sounds like he's down to 14 now. Like, Djokovic is the prohibitive favorite already, and yet he's only at minus 110. To, I think, Brett's point, you're going to have multiple chances to hedge against him. Multiple chances. because, And, you know, again, if someone's playing extraordinarily well, maybe that's when you take them. But I need to see it to believe it. Like, Nadal's on one foot, with all due respect. And, like, Tsitsipas, yeah, he was fine in United Cup. Not extraordinary. Curios, he's Netflixed up. But, like, I, I need to see it to believe it. Yeah. Like, you know, Djokovic has befriended Kyrgios. Talk about the ultimate mental chess. He's, like, he is the one guy. <laughs> Long game. Like, yeah, because Kyrgios wants – you want him pissed <laughs> off and you don't want him liking you. Like, that's when Kyrgios is most dangerous. But he's going to come on court and be like, you know what? I lost 4-4-4 four, four, and four to Novak. That's fine. <laughs> I agree that the uh, the revenge tour has kicked off. And uh, the one thing I can't wait to see, I mean, if he does win, is that speech. You know, yeah. after, after, oh. the way, after the way he was treated by a lot of the press and a lot of the people down there last year, like he's handling it with a lot of, uh, a lot of grace so far in everything I've seen. And he's gotten a pretty warm reception. So I, I would love to see him go out there and, and then hand him the mic at the end of the tournament and hear what he says. Do you see him adding something to the – the, the thing he does. Uh, Maybe there's I'd a be hard for me not to. Or something. Yeah, no. No, I'm a little more. <laughs> it's like the end of a roast where you give the ch- the guy a chance to roast them back. Right. Uh, quick comment. Uh, you guys keep talking about uh, Nadal's foot. Gerolitis is quickly becoming our number one fan. And uh, he's funny. He's, he's funny. Yeah, he's, he's a ne- Nepo pretty- baby. <laughs> <laughs> he said something funny here. Roth has lost five of his last six, got his ass handed to him at the United Cup, zombie foot, etc. And <laughs> Harry Potter kid has a shot. Harry Potter. I just Harry Potter, whatever you want to call him. I just like I'm still hung up on Kale's celebration for Novak Djokovic. I don't want to create problems, but if go Yeah, he just I mean, come on, like all um, right. Oh, that's good stuff. Good Back stuff. On point here. Um, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> we'll look at this a little more with you guys. Well, because what? Because Zico, did you take Kyrgios to win as well? Yeah, I took Kyrgios to win as well in a way that, you know, I think it's like semi-hedging. I think that if Kyrgios does get by Djokovic, I like his chances against everybody after. Yeah, I mean – 
It's fair. If he gets through that one, the problem uh, yeah. is like, I feel like an Australian, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Caleb, doesn't he always throw in like that five setter against Ugo Umber? Or there's always that like yeah. there's two matches where then he's beat by it's, a big match. No, it's not only that. It's just, you know, you talk about an Australian winning the Australian Open. When was the last male Australian to win the Australian Open? Has it? Because I, I, Rod Laver? Do it. Mark Rod Edmonds. Laver? Like, seriously, I think it's Rod Laver. Like, uh, yeah, um, Mark Edmondson. For tax purposes, yeah, Johnny Connors was Australian. 1980 or something. The, yeah, the, prof- the pressure is just has proven to be too much for Australians in the Australian Open. Ash Barty barely got the job done, and she was one of the best women's tennis players, not just women, the best tennis players the world has ever seen, period. She was that Shout good, and she Barty. barely got the- – yeah. And I think that's part of the reason she felt comfortable retiring is because she got the Australian Open. She won the home major for her country. She could take a break. Uh, you Mark know, Edmondson, life. 1976. But, yeah, but it, it just it. doesn't happen. People, you know, in my lifetime, at least, not even <laughs> close. And I was talking about this. I wrote this down, some stats for you. Uh, my scholars got to work, Gruskin. Um, <laughs> I, wrote, I think, no, I think just uh, Australians in general, the books price them like favorites. I think that's a mistake. I think that that they show a little too much respect for the Aussies. You know, we've seen time and time again the pressure's too much. Only two Australians have made it past the third round in the last five years. Do you guys want to guess who they are? It's really not hard to guess, but only two have made it past the third round in the last in the five years. Demon Hour? One. Curious. Two. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they haven't. Well, two's there. I mean, what do you well, guys think about no, John Millman? Yeah, Kokonakis is Kokonakis has not made the third round. Mark Who's the big server? Yes. Max Purcell? Are you kidding me, Haston? Well, Jason Kubler? They're all what do, guys, what do you guys think about the pressure of of now Kyrgios isn't sneaking up on anyone? Like it's a lot easier to sneak up yeah. on someone and be like 50 to 1 and ah, oh, I made a semi, you know, I made a final. And then he followed that up with a pretty good run in, in US Open, making the quarters. And so now, like, he's fourth fourth or fifth favorite. You know, on my book, yeah. he's above Sitsipas, which to me, like, Sitsipas has made a couple semis there before. Like, I I would probably rather have Sitsipas, obviously, with the draw, but even without. So what do you guys think he's going to react to? He's got the Netflix documentary, you know, like, it seems like when the lights are on him sometimes and the pressure's on and he has the chance, sometimes he doesn't live up. Like like Karen Kachanov at the US Open. I don't know how you can, you know, how you can be confident in it, curious when you see what he does with Kachanov. That's open. I mean, he completely laid one of the big eggs I've ever seen. So I just can't get on board at all, you know, especially. Here's his draw. Here's the Kyrgios draw. Safiulin, the Russian. Just missed Umber in the draw. Uh, And then, uh, actually, no, he would play the winner of Gasquet Umber. So he'll play Gasquet. Umber. Yeah. Yeah, Umber came to Eubanks the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our boy Eubanks with his, all of his uh, travel problems. And possibly Holger Rune in the third round. Um, yeah, Hugo's going to be a barista soon if he doesn't watch out, man. <laughs> what, what about Medvedev plus 250 to make the final alongside of Rafa plus 800? Both of them come out of the top half, and you throw a unit on both. And just one of them has to play Djokovic. Because I really don't think, other than Djokovic, the only guy who I've seen do war three out of five sets on a hard court is Daniil Medvedev. Who, like, I get it. 
he hasn't been great by his standards of late, but his not great is still a lot better than everyone else. And like, I get why he has the second best odds. I think he's the second favorite. And to get him plus odds to make the finals, you'll have, again, six opportunities to hedge against him if you don't like it. I think I'd take him at plus 250 to make the final, maybe a sprinkle, a fiver, as BC would say, on Rafa as well. Like, I think those are two good bets, Connors. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, when you look at the other people in that section, it's Corda, Shappy, I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, Tiafo, Hubie. Quarter 16 to one quarter of a unit. Like I'm not opposed to throwing something on it. Right. I mean, I think it's a good strategy. You got to feel like one of those two guys comes out of there. Um, and I, I mean, Corda, I don't know. I, we have to see, like we talked about earlier, Corda's injury uh, history. Is he able to, you know, do set, seven matches in a row, two weeks in a row? Um, so yeah, I like it. I like the strategy. Nice. Let's take a look at our, our big board again, guys, and uh, and then we'll end our AO men's preview. Um, clear this off. Wearing a couple of hats today. All right, Alex Gruskin, you like Yibbing Wu in half games. You like him in straight sets against Quarantine Mute. Uh, I like that, too. You talked me into it. I will be tailing you there. Uh, you didn't talk much about J.J. Wolf. Give me 15 seconds. Yeah. Gruskin, 15 on J.J. Wolf. No, who's got the better serve? JJ. Who's got the better forehand? JJ. Who's in better shape entering the year? JJ. Minus one and a half games. I'll take JJ. Playing another Aussie in Melbourne. He, okay. And you has he laid off? Wait, Who just quick. cost he, me a lot of money against Marcos Giron? JJ. Has JJ laid off the, the weight room in the offseason? I mean, he got he, pretty. You know what? Year, bro. He went from he went from Bud to Bud Light. That was the big okay. switch, you know, and it's amazing what that does. <laughs> nice. Who uh, nice. Wisconsin's quarterback, yeah. I believe, is Chase Wolf. JJ's, oh, yeah. JJ's, JJ's athletic lineage. I mean, he really – his family is one of the most athletic families in the country. It's been so. an hour, so I can – first time I'll say it. His legs are ridiculous. You're just like, that's <laughs> a tank. Yeah. Bigger, Holger, better legs, JJ. Holger Runa's legs or JJ's legs? Hit me. JJ's. Okay. Holger's – Holger, no. I, I'm not going to get into why, but I'll go JJ. Okay. <laughs> I almost got into why. I was like, well, since you've asked, but no, I'll, I'll go JJ. All right. This is another show we're delving into, so we'll save that. Uh, <laughs> Kale Hammond, you like uh, you like our guy, American Taylor Fritz, to dominate against uh, the Georgian Vasilashvili. Uh, that's a fun number at under 29 or 29 and a half. You can find it. You like the Italian, Musetti. Minus four and a half games against the South African Lloyd Harris. Minus 115, if you can find it. But that's uh, another yep. nice wager. Uh, Taro Daniel, minus three games against uh, Ernie Escobedo. Quick yep. thoughts? Escobedo's looked really good. Won three qualifying matches. That's a huge step for him. But this, to me, is just a simple matchup. You know, what does Taro Daniel do well? He moves really well. He absorbs pace. He redirects pace very well. You know, he is a counter puncher uh, who can, you know, has a, you know, a good return. Very physical. I just think that he matches up well with Escobedo. And then below, I don't know how you say his name, but I've oh, seen I've him play. Oh, I've got it. I looked this up. Krutik. <laughs> Krutik. Well, Krutik played phenomenal in the qualifying round. I watched him because I thought Kozlov was going to mm -hmm. do some damage. He beat the crap out of everyone and then beat Dennis Kudla, who's playing good ball on a quick court, you know, he, he and I talked to someone on site who watched that match, and they said, "Look, I don't know if the guy is was redlining or playing the best match of his life, but the guy was phenomenal." So plus four. And is this know, a bit of a fade against uh, the Dominican? Absolutely. 
that you've yeah. got one guy who's hot and one guy who, you know, how you wonder how much longer he's going to be in the top 100 with the way things gotcha. have been going. And shout out to your honesty. If you don't know how to say it, just tell us that. That's great. Found it out. Ben and uh, Zhang uh, for a long match you're seeing, over 39 and a half games. We talked about that already. And then another Aussie, Jason Kubler, minus five games against Sebastian Baez, who I tell you what, come clay season, that guy's a lot of fun to watch. But uh, 17 of 18. He's lost 17 of 18. That's a fade <laughs> come clay season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, yeah. I like my men's board better than the women's board, but uh, we'll see. Anytime you're picking, you know, minus four and a half, minus five, you're bound to get some bad beats here and there. <laughs> so just tread care. But the under 29 for Fritz, I have a good feeling about. Zach Cohen from tennis.com. Uh, you like Nadal? I like Nadal. I like team. And then yeah. I wish we touched on it a little bit more, but I wonder what you guys think about Rude at plus 3,000. I feel like those are pretty you know hefty odds for a guy that played so well last year. Yeah, I Quick can talk, understand guys. it. Any any bet on Casper Rude, I completely understand. The guy is, you know, one of the most professional guys out there. He's one of the best players, and certainly one of the most fit. So anything Rude related, I can get behind. I made a big bet in December that not a real bet, but uh, on the podcast bet that Rude's just not going to be able to match what he did last season. Like two slams in a single year is so hard to do. I think it's like only four or five guys have done it over the course of the past decade. List gets fewer if you take out the obvious names. I just don't know if Root's going to be able to do that again this season. I'm not saying he's not going to make more slam finals. I just think there's going to be a break. What right. a bold right. take. He's not going to make two major finals this year. <laughs> I just think, yeah, you're right, though. I don't think either thing would surprise you. Like, he might – because every time you've said, well, I don't know, Rude, just Clay or this or that, he keeps breaking down those barriers. You know, yeah. so uh, but I wouldn't doubt if he went out even early. Like you said, he's going to maybe have a little dip at some point. It's hard for him to keep keep that up. But then, you know, he could easily make the semifinals here. So. All right. Well, Zach likes him to win five matches here. or, or It's worth plus. Sure thing. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I've got a quick thought on this. You like uh, Cam Norrie to win his quarter plus 600. Cam Norrie just beat our guy Jensen Brooksby the other day. And shout out to. Uh, Josh Gross on Twitter, who pointed, brought this to my attention. Brooksby is 0-9 against left-handers in his career, and he's averaged less than seven games won in those nine matches, only winning one set in those nine matches. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fade Brooksby yeah. against the lefties. That's Josh such is, a good pick, Zico. Josh is sharp. He's a good follow as well. Yeah, I like Josh Gross. Shout out Josh Gross. Um Zico, you're also – we talked about this. Djokovic to win the title at minus 110. Now we're seeing that even go up a little higher, minus 120 on the the, the board we looked at earlier. Uh, and Kyrgios has an interesting hedge. That's going in the other direction, plus 1,600 on the, the board we looked at earlier. Um, final thoughts on your board, Zach? Yeah, I just think – I agree with the other guys. I think you put, you put you know, three, four units on Djokovic and then you sprinkle elsewhere. I think that's the best way to do it. The Nori pick is great, Zico. He's looked like a monster. Six and yeah, zero to start the season. Yeah, great call by you. He's got a great team. Yeah, uh, Connors, you like your money line parlay Nadal against Musetti, who I guess I have to start liking again, hmm. uh, or for the first time. And then uh, Big John Isner, who I don't believe uh, he played a match this year. 
Minus yeah, no, no, he lost Manorino. indoors. He lost indoors in Auckland to uh oh my god, three sets. It was awful. Did he play? Oh, okay. Barrera indoors. Whatever. I, I'm still going with it. Yeah, Barrera. Good call. Stuck with it now, but uh, we decided. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's just. I think Manorino's just a bad I, matchup with that serve. So yeah. I just think if he yeah. serves okay, you know, he's going to probably get in some tie breaks and, and see how it goes. Yeah. The Nadal, Massetti, we talked about Nadal. I don't think he's going to let himself go out in the first round as the defending champ and the one seed. If if he proves that he does, and Musetti has to play a guy who has to travel and play a match in the next like thirty six hours. So come on, <laughs> yeah. let's go. And final thought on Isner and just Auckland in general. Auckland is a tune up event, and it rained ninety percent of the days they hold they held both yeah. tournaments. And yeah. so if you're a player playing in the Australian Open and you made the unfortunate mistake of entering Auckland and you have to play on a makeshift indoor set. <laughs> you, you can't look me in the eye and tell me those players are actually trying, you know, like they, they, <laughs> no, you can't tell yeah. me that. I won't well, tell you this. They're, they're, you pissed. The they're pissed. Australian opens outdoors every I'll, time. I'll and now they're playing this. indoors on their one tune-up event. They're furious yeah. and they're not going to, I can look you in the eye and say, I do not think John Isner was playing his best. I agree. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair. <laughs> It went three sets. He got his one set. He got a little yes, practice exactly. in, and then he got out of there. Exactly. Two yeah. breakers. That was it. Up. It was a race yeah. to see All right, guys. Lose. Final <laughs> thoughts. Uh, as Australian Open, like we were saying, 48 hours from now, they're going to be serving it up in Melbourne. Uh, Brett Connors, what are you looking forward to? Give me your final quick thoughts. Um, looking forward to Djokovic, to be honest. After yes. everything last year that we had to go through and he had to go through, I'm just looking forward to the best tennis players in the world who want to play in this event and who are healthy, uh, getting a chance to play in the event. Um, on the women's side, I just want to see who bubbles up and, and challenges Iga. You know, if Iga is healthy and, and looks good, I think she's going to do well. And, uh, you know, I want to see somebody take that second spot. Because since we lost Barty, we don't – it's just one. And then people just come up, bubble up, bubble up, go away. It's so streaky, you know, here and there. So I kind of want to see someone on the women's side uh, take control of that two spot. Kale, you're up. What do you think? What are you looking forward to? Taylor Fritz, I believe it was Gruskin who asked Taylor Fritz in press this question. What are your favorite conditions to play in? His response, hot, high bouncing. Can't think of a hotter, more high bouncing tournament than the Australian Open. With the ball up above his shoulders, Fritz is the best ball striker in the world, period. Had his choke, meltdown, mental, mental fart against Brandon Holt at the U.S. Open. He's learned from that. I don't think we're going to see another first loss for Taylor Fritz at a Grand Slam for a long, long time. Love it. Alex Greskin. Well, I'm going to say naming my first son Vitas because I don't think there are enough of them left in the world. And shout out to the ghost of Gerolitis for his support of our show today. It's going to be a really fun Australian Open. I think we talk so often about the downside of the short offseason. The upside is all of these players are pretty match tough heading into this event. And they've all had that extra six-week period to rest up any of the perhaps bruises. <laughs> they. That's yeah. good. Again, that's why Vita sounds like a win. Um, yeah. With that in mind, again, it's going to be fun. Who can challenge Iga and Novak is an open question that I think we're all wondering, and I look forward to seeing the answer over the next two weeks. Alex Gruskin, Crack Racket, thank you for joining us. Zach Cohen, you get the last word. Tennis.com, gambling writer, keeping out for his articles. Zach, what do you got for the next two weeks? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Isner Manorino. No, uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm, int- I'm actually really intrigued by uh, Sitsipas's bracket because I thought that he was playing some really good tennis, you know, in the last few weeks. And I just think that he really got a tough draw. And I'm just wondering how he's going to navigate that. Not talk about Steph Sitsipas. That's true. Um, he does have a tough draw. Uh, guys, uh, this has been fun. I- I'm-, I'm glad we are back at it. Uh, we will do another show at some point prior to week two of AO. We'll see how we did with our picks earlier. Um, don't forget to go to tennis.com to check out more of Zach's picks, and-, and hopefully we'll maybe get our picks up there too if you want to check it out there. This show is on YouTube, the Tennis Channel page. It's on our Tennis Bets Twitter. It is on the tennis.com Facebook page, and you can download it and listen to it from the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I believe is what it's called. Shout out Mitch Michaels, who puts that thing together. Uh, guys, 2023, happy tennis. Let's have some winners. Let's hit them. And uh, I'm just so happy to, to see you guys and get to talk tennis again. It's great to be here. Can I sing us out? Dun, 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 dun.